0: Amen. Chapter 5. And it's almost hard to not preach. We can do it. But we can do it. Yes, we can. Amen. Yes, we can. My, hadn't the day been a beautiful day? Yes. I like that. After a ring of more than four decades, in fact, it was 44 years, Nebuchadnezzar's death began the decline decline of the great Babylonian empire. We, We know that Nebuchadnezzar was driven into insanity or had a nervous breakdown, whatever we want to call it. Uh, as judgment from God because of his pride. However, Belshazzar, the final Babylonian king, did not remember this important event or the warning it gave. This lesson tonight is: it, it examines how rejecting God will inevitably lead to one's downfall and judgment. God calls people to be holy, to recognize Him for who He is, and respond with obedience and worship. Amen. I want to read that again. I, I highlighted that board. Today's lesson examines, or tonight's lesson examines, how rejecting God will lead to one's downfall and judgment. God calls people to be holy to recognize Him for who He is and respond with obedience and worship. Amen. Mm. The lesson outline is unholy acts invite holy terror. Sacrilege is condemned And God executes judgment. Following Nebuchadnezzar's 44-year reign, Babylon went into decline and lasted only for another two decades. A series of weakened kings and assassinations led to Belshazzar becoming king shortly before Cyrus of Persia took control of the Consolidating He consolidated his empire and marched against Babylon. Today's lesson looks at events that took place at the end of Belshazzar's reign. Most importantly, it took these events and the spiritual, it places these events in his spiritual context. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1, says, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. I want to read that again. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting wholeness out of reverence for God. Amen. So the the printed uh, lesson text that they gave us doesn't it doesn't cover the whole chapter, but uh, We need to think tonight on some things, uh, some of the most disrespectful things people do toward God. Why, Why do you think some people do some of the things that they do? What was that? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Somebody said they're not smart enough. <laughs> okay. They don't
0: think before they act. They don't think first. Some some people engage the mouth before they turn the brain on, right? Mm-hmm. Right. All righty. Their, their mouth thinks faster than their brain. Okay. Okay. Daniel chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. If, uh, there we go. Can you read that? I can't read that. It's too small.
1: King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. So that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone.
0: Daniel 5 opens as it opens, Belshazzar may ha- not have even known the city was falling. Belshazzar had set himself into the palace with his uh, ha- haven- harem and thousands of his lords. They foolishly indulged in wine as the enemies approached. <coughs> Adding greatly to his folly, Belshazzar chose to celebrate this feast using the sacred utensils and vessels from the temple in Jerusalem. One, one might sense a foreboding tone to scripture in its description of what they were doing. It says, So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem as they drank the wine they praised the gods of gold and silver of bronze, iron, wood and stone they were indulging in the horrific sin of idolatry the worship of false gods yet using that which was holy to assist them in their sinful acts Leviticus chapter 26 verse number 1 do not make
1: idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves and do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it I am the Lord your God. Wow
0: Belshazzar had no regard for that which God had declared sacred indeed he was in Essence insulting the very holiness of God and thereby inviting judgment. Why? Why do you think Belshazzar felt free to use the temple utensils in idol worship without fear of judgment? He thought he was more powerful than anyone. Thought he was more powerful. Okay. Do we have, do we have instances today that people are, uh, we have the church building, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a holy place, but the furniture is holy, but we don't worship this building. We don't worship the furniture. We worship God. So this is this is what Belshazzar was, was doing. He 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 allowed pride uh to come into his life, into his heart. And uh have you ever allowed pride to impact your life?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, we all have. I think I think the pastor said something about have you ever lied Sunday and raise your hands and some didn't raise their hands so he said you just did. So much. <laughs> uh, and, and there
1: was examples of lying around Belt I mean, of pride around Belshazzar as right. well. I mean, we uh,
0: read about that last week with Nebuchadnezzar. So, so pride it, it's amazing how really it's not amazing because you see people today that they, they reach a certain place uh, powerful uh, we see people who are powerful today and, and pride gets a hold of them because look at me look what I've done uh, Nebuchadnezzar said look what I have done look what I've built and uh, you know it it, it wasn't what he had done. God had honored him and favored him, and that's the reason he had built a kingdom like he had. But uh, we, we know that uh, we, when you look at Daniel 5 and you read all the way through it, there's some things in there that just really make you stop and ask yourself some questions. Verses five through nine of chapter five. Suddenly the fingers of a human
1: hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners Then he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified and his his face grew more pale.
0: His nobles were baffled. You said through 10, right? Nine, was, 9. Oh, no, nine. that was it. Okay. Often we picture divine intervention because of sin. Uh, we think of catastrophes, that uh, events that have happened. Uh, Genesis chapter 19, verse 24, tells us of one... Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur
1: on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Wow. Number 16 verses 31
0: and 32. Number 16, 31, 32. As soon
1: as he finished saying this, the ground under them split apart. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all
0: those associated with Korah together with their possessions. So God's intervention in, in Daniel chapter 5 uh, is silent. Uh, it was, it's just as horrifying uh, even, even though you know, it it, it was dramatic. Uh, I I could just picture I've got a wall of imagination, but uh I've often said, you know, that my knees have didn't knock together they passed each other, so it's you know, but uh, uh Belshazzar and his companion that um they they enjoyed indulging in participating and using the utensils out of the temple. They enjoyed that. Uh, but then all of a sudden there was a hand that appears and the scripture said that he turned pale his knees knocked and uh, really he was just downright scared Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but when the hand appeared why he had called the uh, magicians in and and asked them to uh, interpret what what the Handwriting was about, they couldn't do it. He should have known from what had happened before with Nebuchadnezzar that these men did not possess the power that they claimed to have, that they could interpret the dreams or interpret the handwriting. Uh, none of the king's men could interpret the writing on the wall. However, as the king's terror increased it appeared that his confidence in the face of the Persians had begun to wind. He knew he had to learn the meaning of the writing, yet he did not realize that it had come as a result of his terrible sin and the acts that they had committed. Uh, I hear Sometimes, I've, I've heard people blame other people for things that have happened uh, in their lives, but mostly when things happen in our lives, it's because of the choices that we've made. Yeah, amen. And, and I've made some bad choices, and I'm sure I'm not the only duck in here tonight that, that, uh, that has done that, but, but uh, choices do get us a problem sometimes and uh, how how does this relate to God's holiness and his command that we we are to be a holy people?
1: We're supposed to be set apart for his purpose, and that's really what holiness is, and I think. I was thinking about the the uh, the vessels that they were using. it was almost like they were thumbing their nose at God uh, because those those vessels, even though they were objects, they were created and designed specifically for, for the worship of God and right. uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of you here I don't no, know you but, right. <laughs> but but uh, they were they were sanctified. For the worship in the Old Testament set apart for a specific purpose and use. They were holy as unto the Lord. And so what this king was doing was saying, none of that matters to me.
0: I'm just going to do what I want to do. Do we have people today that that do the same thing, basically? You know, mm-hmm. um, when they've, when, they've,
1: uh, when they've made a decision to follow Christ and, and they've made a decision to live a life separated and holy unto the Lord, separated for the Lord, then that you absolutely are right. The enemy comes in and tries to get them to do everything contrary to being holy unto the Lord. He tries to get them to look in the old paths that they were walking in and tries to, uh, to get them to do things that are unholy and ungodly. And sometimes I think he even convinces people that um, that they're okay if they indulge a little bit and 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 they allow themselves to believe that it's okay. But even oh, though, well, I see what you're saying. It'd be
0: easy to preach. <laughs> yes, it <they> would be. <laughs> Uh, even the little things, uh, most of the people today overlook the little things. We're going to be judged for the little things that we've done as well as the big things. In the Old Testament, and this is what the pastor was saying, items used in worship such as temple vessels were considered sacred. Today, we we cherish our churches, our furnitures, uh, but they are not sacred. This building is not sacred. It's a place that we meet God. It's This is God's house, but this is a place that we come to worship God. And uh, instead, we ourselves are... This building is not set apart. You and I are set apart. Uh, we're sanctified that's what sanctification means that we are set apart uh, to worship God uh, and uh, Paul stated this very clearly in in his writings in, in Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 uh, if anyone destroys God's temple God will
1: destroy that person for God's temple is sacred you together are that temple. Read that again. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple.
0: Doesn't the scripture tells us that we are the temple of... Huh? Yep. Yeah. That we are his temple. Amen. Amen. Uh,
1: the place where his spirit dwells in his presence lives. Right. When we have turned our lives over to Christ. Yeah. One other thing and then I'll, I'll be quiet maybe for a minute. Uh, I, just, I just thought of this and that is sanctification is a setting apart for the purposes of, of use by God. A holy right. setting apart. Right. And the difference between the items in the temple sanctification for them was one time it was an act that was done right then there was no need for them to have to be re-sanctified because God set them apart for that specific use they were always going to be sanctified but the same is not true for the individual because the items that were used in the temple worship They didn't have the ability to do anything else. They were inanimate objects. But the sanctification of the individual is a progressive work. So it's not that we've been set aside for holy use and now we're through. We don't have anything else we need to work on. We're in an act of sanctification all the days of our lives because we have to wrestle with our own desires and our own will. And we have to say, I'm going to purpose to to be like God so that I can be continue to be set apart for his service because we have the ability to make the decision to do something that's contrary to the will of God. We have that ability. And so our sanctification is a progression. As we get closer and closer to eternity, we, we
0: should strive to get closer and closer to God. Good. I've heard people testify, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but then after, if you watch their lives, the sanctification part wasn't there. <laughs> uh, Talk's cheap. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Verses ten through sixteen.
1: The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom Like that of the gods, your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel and he will tell you what the writing means." So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, Are you, Daniel, one of the exiles my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you might have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters who who were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now I have heard that you were able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you will be made the third highest ruler in
0: the kingdom. Belshazzar, he was struggling with the meaning of the writing that was on the wall. And the scripture says a queen the queen uh, came into the banquet hall, and who was the queen? Was it Belshazzar's wife? One of, the, one of the commentators I, I read and looked this up on said that possibly she was Nebuchadnezzar's daughter instead of Belshazzar's wife. His, uh, or could have been his mother, Belshazzar's mother that came. So, uh, but she had a wise recommendation Yep. Uh, Belshazzar, you don't need to be afraid. You, there, there's a guy you call on Daniel. But in 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 writing and looking up, it says that Daniel was now an elderly elderly man. Uh, <laughs> I, I take offense to that. <laughs> He was well in his eighties, so <laughs> you know. Uh, but when you when you look at her reasoning, Daniel had distinguished himself as a wise counselor during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. I uh, <clears throat> I have met some some of the, some of our old time uh, pastors at and when I say old time pastor, I'm, they were older, you know. And I have sat and listened to some of those guys, and the wisdom that they had, uh, the knowledge that they had, just you know, it just uh, some of them I could just sit and listen to all day long. Um, but but Daniel, he he was he was getting older. but he was also known to have insight. How, how come <coughs> him to have the insight that he had? How was Daniel able to do, to interpret these dreams? And,
1: Go back to the beginning of his captivity. That's right. That's right. His life. Everything in his life. No, everything in his life. Go ahead. <clears> the <throat> around of God. Now right. these people that he was just going to talk to, they didn't say his God. He said the gods. Yeah. They always put the S on Yeah. They were looking for Daniel among the gods, but Daniel was clear that there was one true God. Right.
0: And he he pretty well relayed that too, that there's only one true God that, that, uh, that we have. Verses 17 through 23. Then Daniel answered the king, you may keep
1: your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell you what it means. Your majesty, the most high God, gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. How far? How far from 23. Him? But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal he lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets over them any one he wishes. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, wives, and your concubines drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his
0: hand your life and all your ways. The God against whom Belshazzar rebelled held the king's life in his very hand. It was this terrible sin, our rebellious pride, together with all the sins that grew from it, that brought about the terrifying event of that evening. Rebellion. Do we have rebellion today?
1: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> well, if that's the one thing we have. That is the one. That is the one thing
1: we have, but there's plenty of it. Yeah, it's true. Any any kind of authority is despised in many people's lives. True. Uh, people don't want to be told what to do. Um, and I think I think that m- many times. Um, People who were raised and they were taught to respect authority and to, um, to allow authority in their lives in whatever area of lives they're in. They respect that authority. Many times they were brought up in a, in a way that they felt was strict and inhibitive and they didn't want to pass that on to their children, and so they loosened up a little bit and allowed their children to do pretty much what they wanted to do, which the consequences of lack of exercising proper authority, and I wanna make that clear, not, not tyrannical authority, but proper authority The lack of exercising proper godly authority allows for just a disregard for any kind of authority and encourages and just adds fuel to the flame of rebellion.
0: Wow. We honor the will and purpose of God when we exhibit proper attitude, particularly human, Humility. Uh, Peter quoted Proverbs three thirty-four. He mocks proud mockers,
1: but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Okay. And first Peter five: five. In the same way you are younger. Submit yourselves to your elders, all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows
0: favor to the humble. Wow. God opposes the proud but he shows favor to the humble. God calls you and I to be humble. He calls us to humble ourselves before him surrendering our will to his will. Probably the hardest prayer that you and I will ever pray is not my will, but thy will be done. Uh, Our will gets in the way sometimes. Verses 24 through 28. Therefore
1: he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written. Mene Mene Tikal, Parson Here is what these words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tikel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians.
0: This says that Perez has two meanings. It it identifies that God has separated Belshazzar from his kingdom. And it signifies that God would give Babylon to the Persians. That's, that's what the scripture said. The God who stripped the nation of Israel from Saul because of disobedience. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 28
1: Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one
0: better than you. So Belshazzar has been stripped of Babylon. Likewise, God will strip every defined person of pride if he or she tries to hold on to it. Sin always brings loss. Ultimately the loss of the kingdom of God. Let me read that again. Sin always brings loss. Amen. Ultimately, the loss of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Please search the book again. Yeah. Galatians five, eighteen through twenty one. But if you are led
1: by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy drunkenness orgies and the like I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God
0: these verses remind us that every person has stood in the balances and has been found mourning Romans three twenty three states that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God and our good works are insufficient to tip the scales. We may have never indulged in the sacred Belshazzar did, but we stand unholy, unworthy, and un- unable to help ourselves. Only God can balance the scales by putting the righteousness of Christ in our account in response to our faith. Let me read that part again, too. Only God can balance the scales by putting the righteousness of Christ in our account in response to our faith. Romans 3, 22 through 25. This righteousness is given through faith
1: in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins
0: committed beforehand unpunished. How would you respond to someone who said that Christians ought not to focus on the reality of judgment as the penalty for sin, but rather focus only on God's love? Read that question again, Pastor. How would you respond to someone who said that Christians ought not focus on the reality of judgment as a penalty for sin, but rather focus only on God's love. What about it, church?
1: What 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 do we say when somebody says, oh, don't talk about the judgment, just talk about God's love. Don't talk about His judgment. It's
0: two sides to every one. Can't have one without the other. <coughs> message,
1: you can't get to heaven if you don't know about these things that, that are wrong, you know? You can't get to, to heaven about, if you. We have to speak about what what the difference between right and wrong is. If you don't know what the difference between right and wrong is, then there's a what problem. Like sin. No, I mean, but I know, yeah. You're right. You're right. You are right can
0: not have one without the other. Uh. Why is it vital to remember that you have been that you have been found wanting with regard to your standing before God?
1: It is vital because um, we we don't have standing before God without Jesus Christ. That's right. we can't. We can't be good enough. We can't. You know, God is a God of love, but His love was given out in, in the personhood of Jesus Christ, and um, we we don't have righteousness or right standing with Him without Jesus. We're always going to be on the short end of the scales. We won't measure up ever without Jesus. There's no way we can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Belshazzar believed Daniel, showed in that he gave Daniel all that was promised. This is important because after Babylon fell, Darius of Persia, a sub-ruler under King Cyrus, allowed Daniel to remain in a high position. Uh, Belshazzar was slain. That very night, the great Babylon empire came to an end and the magnificent city of Babylon began to decline. Do we see a declining in some of the cities today that... that, we see sand sin is on a rampage, and some of the cities that we look at and we've seen and heard so much about, uh, we we see that it leaves a mark on on the city. Now, First Peter chapter four, verse seventeen.
1: For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God?
0: If judgment begins, it must begin at the house of God. Yes. And if judgment begins at the house of God, Where shall I think the King James says where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? So what is an ungodly person? What what do we consider ungodly? Somebody that refuses to accept God? Somebody that refuses to accept God? Somebody that do we have people today that refuses to Mm -hmm.
1: It on worldly uh, uh, possessions and things, other than rather than godly things. Okay, I I know this that if uh, if anyone is living for the Lord, the devil's going to try to do everything he can to push anything godly to the side first. Um, my former pastor Steve Bookout used to say, you know, he was puzzled by somebody who would, would, uh, they needed a job and they would, they prayed for a job and then they accepted a job that would keep them from ever coming to church because that's the way the enemy works
0: because anything spiritual he wants to put aside. Right. When the handwriting appeared on the wall, it was too late for Belshazzar to save his kingdom or his life. But it is not it is not too late for those around us to forsake their sins and turn to Jesus for salvation. Pray that God will help you share the gospel with at least one unsaved person this week. Amen. Second Peter chapter three, verse number eleven.
1: Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you
0: to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. I think we need to take a moment to examine our lives. I've I heard people say, well, I've been saved all, all my life, and, uh, but still yet we face, every day we face things that, that comes against us. and. Uh, we, we need to live, we need to be able to live such a life that people around us or that we come around, we can lead them and witness to them and lead them into an everlasting kingdom with God. Uh, we have a job to do. Amen. We have a big job to do. And uh, holiness is, is, is described in this, the Bible, daily Bible reading for this next week. But we, we, need to, we need to examine ourselves and make sure that we are set apart. We're a child of God, we are set apart. We're supposed to be set apart, but some things sometimes we let things hinder our lives that that uh, that we shouldn't I, uh, I know I know my own my own family i they don't always do what they were raised to do. Yep. But I realized too that they are, they are on their own now. Mm-hmm. We did our part to infuse, to teach them, but I can't stand before God for them now. Mm-hmm. They have to stand before God themselves. But that doesn't keep me from praying for them. Exactly. Amen. That's right. And it doesn't keep me from telling them, that,
1: hey,
0: mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, know that, I know that God is still on the throne, that he's still, he still hears. He still answers prayer. Amen. But I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. I don't want to be found wanting. Amen. I don't want to be waiting to balance. a balance; the scale skipped one side. I want to be balanced with the Lord. Amen. And Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. there's just. In order for the scales to be balanced, I've got to live a life that is pleasing to God. I got to follow His word, and when I do that, then things going to be all right. Amen. 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 Pastor, I, I I I thoroughly enjoy that. There's so many places on that chapter five that makes you want to preach and it's so hard not to take off on rabbit trails but God still hears he still answers prayers and he's still setting people apart today for the kingdom Jesus said I will build my church how's he going to build his church through you and I be the witness that he has called us to be and when we do that God's going to move he's going to answer prayers and he's going to send revival that's going to cover this land and I'm I'm excited about what God's going to do because the best is still yet to come for the church and when I say church I'm not talking about the building I'm talking about you and I the best is still yet to come. The trumpet of God's going to sound. And we're going to leave here with a shout. Amen. But I'm I'm ready to go. How about you? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.